Welcome to another episode of El Cafecito. My name is Leonardo Casenza. I'm your host for this second season, and the Abba Pope is here. Hey everybody, it's Anna, and I'm pretty sure I might have Catholic guilt. <laughs> Buenas tardes, señores. Aquí quien habla es Guillermo Paturi. Y señores, el Papa es el cuervo. Hola, hello, Cubo. Uh, my name is Raquel, and I'm really into this conversation about Pope Francis, and well, Liga is going to present the, the topic. No, you <laughs> okay, so, but no, actually. Um, well, so now we're here together again, um, got the round table of debates together to talk about the two popes. That's the, the Netflix movie that came out maybe a month ago now. We've all watched it recently and we thought that it'd be really nice to not only talk about the movie, but many of the, the debates surrounding the movie. And uh, just my first question is, what did you think of the movie? Did you like it? Did you not? Yeah, I watched it over the Christmas break with my dad. Um, and my family is very Catholic, so I was like, uh, we'll see what happens, we'll see the reactions. And I, I was raised Catholic, um, and I found it, it was, it, was an, it was a nice movie. It was very, I liked it. I think it portrayed Catholicism in a way that, you know, it, it shows the shortcomings and the why so many people are leaving the church and why the youth feel disconnected. And I think that that's good. It did, it was honest in some ways. Um, at the same time, I know I, I mentioned I might have Catholic guilt. I don't go to church as often as I, you know, used to as a child. So seeing that, I was like, man, maybe I should go to church. Like it really brought out that Catholic guilt in me. But um, I think it's a great movie. Even if you know you're not religious, you're just looking for something to watch. Like it was nice. It was it was beautiful. Like the just the, like scenes. Um, no, it was really good. It was entertaining. I guess, like, the, f the first half of the movie is a bit slow. It's a bit boring, I guess. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm, is it going to be a good movie? Because it got a lot of awards. And then oh. as it progressed, I was like, okay, now I can see why it's such a good movie. First, Anthony Hopkins is fantastic. I, I like him personally in other roles, too. Um, but the way that they portray him, again, we can talk about that later. It's, it's fictional in many times. But you, you can see that he's, uh, he's fed up, he's tired with it, but also that he still has, uh, in a way, he has this kind of progressive spirit that Bergoglio also has kind of embedded within him. And this, this capability of change, that's also something that's really interesting that's debated kind of in the movie. Um, but yeah, in general, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, the soundtrack was a bit weird sometimes. Um, <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I love the soundtrack. Okay. I really, really like the soundtrack. Everything was good and appropriate for some parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, like the Eva part was like. Okay, oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah uh, then like fun. the Beatles, there was like um, this Italian uh, song as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Bella Ciao. Yeah. Bella Ciao. Yeah. Well, the thing is that I, the the thing with the music is that it got three and, and these three examples are perfect. It got three really. Um, extremely famous i think to the point of like obnoxiously famous songs and put it all together just to kind of show that the new pope is pop and that he's like he's uh he's up with like with a new kind of new culture so that's why i thought it was a little bit forced you know mm. yeah i guess that part maybe but for me personally um especially in the parts of the, of the flashbacks of uh, bergoglio and the, the dictatorship of argentina him his awakening, him seeing, deciding that he was going to join the church, 
course, that's probably fictional, greatly exaggerated, but the soundtrack in these moments in specific were absolutely fantastic. I think they were great. Um, they were instrumental. I think they were very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the movie because, of, like, as Anna said, like the scenes and the photography it was like really, really good. Although I, I don't agree with um, some parts of the movie. I think there's a lot of things to discuss. Um, in specific regarding uh, the meetings between uh, both popes and um, how they portrayed Benedict and Francisco as well. I feel like in the movie, and especially like even just the way they're dressed, it's so obvious that they're trying to portray one as, you know, the light, the progression, and the other one as this dark figure in the Catholic Church. Um, and that's very obvious that that's happening. And do we not, did Netflix make the movie? Who, who actually made the Netflix. movie? It Netflix. was, uh, well, the director is Pedro Medell. He's this Brazilian director. He's known for City of God. Mm-hmm. What other movies have he, has he made? Isn't he, I think he was in Tropa de Liche. I think he, he played a role in that, no? Uh, I want to say, but I'd have to check. Okay, yeah, I guess. Italy Squad. I don't know if you ever heard of that movie. No. But he's a, yeah, well, he's a really famous Brazilian director. Because uh, I, I feel like that's important to see who's making this movie because, I mean, I just saw it on Netflix. So I was like, okay, cool, it's on Netflix, but... Yeah, I mean, I was reading that um, he was raised Catholic, although he stopped going to church, mm-hmm. and that he accepted like this role because uh, he's um, he kind of like supports Pope Francis and how mm-hmm. he sees the role. Um, so that's like the re- like he accepted this uh, role because of the politics of the movie, yeah. rather than like the actual uh, religious and like, Catholic part. And yeah, th- that's something that you can really shows. And I mean, I, I don't know if that's just my perspective, but I, I guess, growing up and and that's a contact that we have a lot in Brazil. I don't know if it's the same thing in your countries, but in Brazil in the news, basically every day you have something about the Pope. Like there is an a correspondent, international correspondent that they s- send to Rome, and she's always there. And then no matter what is the political events, they they usually they usually like present the Pope's kind of opinion. So, um, so I, I, at least from the kind of mainstream perspective that I, that I had in Brazil, I, I, I feel that the, the movie reflected it really well. Like the, the, the zeitgeist, the feeling that at least from my perspective in Brazil, what was really happening, this is going from this really old, mediocre kind of em- emperor looking, you have seen <laughs> the um, up like to the to the kind of progressive pope, the pope that now is uh, is for the poor, while the other one was for the elites. That was something that was really, really, really portrayed in Brazilian TV, mm-hmm. and that's a, something he, he that Meirelles definitely reflects, um, and I think he does in a in a good way. I don't think it's exaggerated. I, I agree absolutely, especially because the, the political scenario in Brazil, twenty thirteen was probably the last year. Not even only in Brazil, I'd say in Latin America, twenty thirteen was in one of the last years of a. Of a progressive wave in the continent, because uh, as of after the World Cup, so after twenty fourteen, um, it really spun round, and this progressive pink tide, as as people have called it, ended with the conservative, this new conservative wave sweeping the continent. So absolutely, I think that um, in Brazil, Bergoglio was seen as surfing in this Latin American progressive wave of new ideas of changing, changing the status quo. I guess. Uh, focusing less on the elites as we had for the past 400 years and focusing on the poor. So yes, I agree. I think Meirelles portrayed that in a pretty pretty good way. I like the flashback. I think 
I think the the movie only really got me at the when it when it was flashback points. I guess it's because also because it's in Latin America, but but it but it shows how the Pope like it, they're trying to portray this like humane part of the Pope where mm-hmm. he's, but uh, and then the change is really clear, and and to show that he's he had his reasons to protect the people the the Jesuit, the Jesuits and not only that but the the church in Argentina and the priests specifically from from the military dictatorship. Um, and that now he is he's, he feels guilty for, for letting those those two priests right there's the whole story between mm-hmm. the two priests and how one of them actually forgave him and the other one died um, thinking he was he was a traitor but it's it, but it's interesting to see how he he develops right because he at least in my mind without knowing the Pope at all I always saw him as like the Jesuit progressive like all his life as if he like entered the order to be already with this like humbleness. And um, while the movie, I don't, I don't know if that's, that's true and if you guys know any other facts, but the movie shows him as uh, a person that really, really, really changes in that aspect and that he's only, he's only, he only becomes this figure of humbleness when he's older, right? An interesting part, interesting trivia is like, well, he's towards the end of the movie, he's, he receives all these books. And um, one of these books is the Pedagogy of the Oppressed, right? Mm-hmm. So, which is very much a book um, from inspired by the liberation theology. Yeah. yeah, no, I found it. I didn't know anything about that past, about his past and during the dictatorship. I, as you mentioned, like I just thought of the Pope as this progressive figure in the Catholic Church, and I never really looked into it. And I, I think that's really interesting, and I think it's good that they portrayed that um, because I'm sure I don't know in Argentina if there's people who actually don't like the Pope because of what his actions. I'm not sure if that's like. A topic of discussion do you know do right you know? um from as far as i understand just to add first of all i just want to continue to add to what you said leo about um about the, the, the flashbacks to the dictatorship i i about how you two didn't know that he was he had this past and i personally really i am sure you two liked it too this part is very good because i think that um regardless of it being a bit exaggerated a bit fiction or what it does show that he bergoglio isn't perfect because no one is, right? So he made mistakes in the past, and as you said, Leo, he regrets them, and he had this he had this feeling of, because of my actions in the past, I'm not worthy of sitting the Holy See. And I thought that was very, very... I thought it was very good. I thought it was... It, it, Just interrupting, sorry. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's something that's, like, quite a contrast, because uh, Benedict XVI, towards the end, he's, like, he's kind of regretting the things he, right, he's right, done. Right. But you can see that he's regretting it out of, out of, out of that specific moment. It's just because... There's so much pressure, so much political pressure in him mm-hmm. that he's like, okay, I guess I have to regret my opinion and I guess I have to change. Um, but yet, I, I mean, the movie, I think, clearly shows that he, he kind of changes. I don't know if that's in reality. It doesn't feel like in reality he probably changed that way. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I like it how it shows that it doesn't ignore the fact that Bergoglio committed mistakes in his life. It doesn't ignore the fact that, yes, he did meet with uh, the dictators in Argentina. I'm not sure he met with Jorge Videla, but he definitely met with high-ranking officials in the dictatorship. And that is only, as you asked, Anna, that's only one of the layers of the, from what I understand, of, a, of a, I'd say a mistrust of Bergoglio in Argentina, because not only does he have this... This past of the dictatorship that does not sit well with many older generations. Um, the, the dictatorship in Argentina is arguably one of the most brutal in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Brazil, as I've said many times before, and 
honestly, the Brazil one was also pretty bad, but in, in the context of the continent, the dictatorship in Brazil was the most the lighter one. Of yeah, all yeah. Them. I think in Argentina, yeah. it was 30,000 people dead right, or right. disappeared, while in Brazil, it was something like 2,000. And not even that, in Argentina, they had something that I don't think... I don't think I don't know if Chile had that act as well. Probably not. But Brazil definitely didn't, which was uh, human trafficking, children yeah, trafficking. Yeah. Um, when there were, let's say, just to quickly explain to the audience, um, when there was, for example, a couple of guerrilleros, o sea, a couple of, I'd say, a militant to the left that opposed the dictatorship, and they were arrested and tortured and killed. Let's say they had a child. That child would be taken away from them before they were arrested and given to another family. Um, a family that was loyal to the regime. So up to this day, there are many children in Argentina who don't know who their real parents are. And that is a very, very sensitive topic in the country, but I'm sorry, I'm getting very sidetracked. So the point is, <laughs> um, my point was, um, the mistrust that Bergoglio has in Argentina spends a bit from this, that he was connected to the dictatorship. And because of that, I think he's seen as a political figure to this day. Um, whenever I'm in Argentina, I go to bookstores and there are books, many books about this, speaking of how he, how he was a political actor in the Kirchner, the both Kirchner governments of Nestor and Cristina, how he was also connected to the Macri government, and how he's now also connected with uh, Fernandez's uh, victory. So, so yeah, in Argentina, he is seen as, as a political actor by many, and I think it does go back to the connections he had um, in the dictatorship. But in, in what ways does he is he actually like outspoken? He'll say like, oh, I would I would prefer if you guys maybe voted for this person. But no, he I does that. He but he does that. Oh. And for like for example in Colombia, like when the peace treaty was signing, he was urging for the peace treaty to sign. Like he does give his opinions on political affairs and world affairs. Yeah, but I think in that case he he needs to be quite careful about that because uh, he's not representing himself anymore. Mm-hmm. He's representing the whole church. Yeah. So I think that. Actually, like any pope, uh, ha- has to be like very careful with what they say, because uh, again, they're not representing just themselves, but the whole, uh, the whole church. Um, and one thing that one thing that I wanted to mention is that there's this scene where um, we were we were talking about his change and like he was trying to be more progressive and more kind of like involved with the community and try to ask for, for forgiveness. And um, when he was sent to this other community. Um, once the dictatorship was over, he kind of like started listening to a lot of uh, confessions from the different people that went to the church. Um, I think that part was very, very important that they showed in the movie because um, I think that part of his change was because of listening to the people and listening to their confessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really like that they showed that part of the movie as a way to understand where his change um, like came from, why um, he wanted to change, and um, where this change, or like the things that influenced him to decide that he needs to change and he needs to look for, or like look at things from a different perspective. So I really like that part where uh, he was in this other community in, in, in Argentina. I really love that part, and it gave me kind of like motorcycle diary vibes watching mm-hmm. that because before mm-hmm. all of this happens, we see him. I forget wh- who the lady was, but he goes to that his friend's apartment and it's like hide the books, hide all these things, and you see all these books. You know, it's like liberation theology, very leftist books, like Marxist books. Too Catholic. Yeah. Um, 
So he's been reading about this before, but I think his true change is when he goes out into the community. Um, and it reminded me a lot of the motorcycle diaries, how Jay, you know, he goes on his trip and only through his trip and listening to people does he actually change and reading all these theories and stuff, but did they really affect him until he went out into the community? I don't know. And yeah, that's something that that contrasts with the other Pope, because the Mm -hmm. other Pope is an academic, and he actually says, like, he's like, oh yeah, I was like stuck in this ivory tower, and I just like hid myself inside the church, but actually the church is a place that I, that I should use to actually contribute to the world, and I never did that, and and he says, like, you're the one who actually did this. You're yeah. Like, you had a, com- uh, a I mean, contact. Even his name, the, the the name he chose for Pope, it's Pope Francis, like, the St. Francis of Assisi. He was known for helping the poor community. So I think even that is very interesting. So, and then, and then I wonder, and I was talking about the whole humbleness aspect of him, because mm-hmm. that's really interesting, and how he, like, he just, like, eats the pizza in the corner. Yeah. And then, like, but I feel that sometimes, and I and I wonder if it's part of the character, or just part of him, if he's... It, it just feels a bit forced. It's like, does he really have to take like the bus to go to the Vatican? <laughs> I, I'm kind of like, I can't do that. It's like, okay. And it's really funny the opening scene. How he's like, hey, I'm the Pope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, does he really, like, he's the Pope. He has a plane for him. But, like, yeah, like the way he talks to the, the guards, too. Do you think he actually does that, or is that the character in the movie? No, yeah. I actually think he does that. Um, when he. Uh, like, I, I don't know if you, it was just like a few months after uh, he was elected as the Pope, he wrote this um, kind of like piece. I remember it, it, it goes in Spanish like, uh, like we, que necesitamos sacerdotes, que vayan a bares, que miren fútbol. So it's mainly like the idea of like, we need people in the church that will go to like soccer matches, that will go to bars, will we'll go dancing, will listen to music more like, the idea, like sometimes I think that we have the idea of priests being like very, I don't know, very conservative or very, but by being very, I don't it's know, like, like limited, isolated yeah, from the commu- like someone who's like, who's yeah. not, who who will not do like the common things, yeah. you know. So I think when I, when I read that part, I think I was like fourteen or fifteen. Mm-hmm. I really that was like kind of like pretty inspiring to me because he was motivating people in the church to be more open and to be like the idea of that because you're a priest you don't have to be you don't have to limit what you want mm-hmm. so there's there's this scene actually when um he's talking about this pope that was smoking while praying yeah. <laughs> so he kind of like makes this like yeah. kind of like psychological kind of like joke or problem to pope benedict and it's it goes back back to the idea that not because you're Catholic or not because um, you are from a certain religious, you have to be limited to some things. Um, and the idea that we need people involved that are connected with the people, but because they went to this soccer match and they listened to they listened to the problems that people had. So I think that by going or by being involved in the community, you just uh, it's it gives him like this charismatic attitude and like I don't know I think I really like that about him and I know I mean it's quite hard but like I know that it's true that that's a thing so it was not like something forced for the movie though mm-hmm. you yeah, actually yeah. Right. Um, just one second no, I just wanted to ask because it has very pertaining to what you're saying so like as you asked is it true that he's very humble I think you're completely right Raquel especially because um, this is uh, this is could be portrayed better in the movie but he goes to a hotel right when he's in the Vatican in a very small hotel um, and he actually lives there to this day. He didn't move into the 
the papal quarters in oh, the really? in oh. Saint Peter's. Um, it's not Saint Peter's, but in, in the Vatican, he did not move into the papal quarters. Uh, he does. I don't know if he moved by now, but for the first couple of years, he definitely lived yeah. in a small hotel. Oh, even it, it was cooked. not a hotel, but it was like a religious convent. Right, right, right. But it's still like pretty, pretty humble. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he he cooked chicken to the people like on yeah. Saturdays. I think it was he cooked chicken for the people yeah. who were there, which I think was pretty amazing. Um, so yeah. I think he definitely is this humble. You can see he's not completely comfortable with the all the pomp and circumstance of the Vatican. He he, for example. This was also shown in the movie how when he goes to take like give the first speech as pope, yeah. he doesn't he elects to not wear a lot of the, the, the traditional clothing. I mean, yeah, look at those fucking ugly red shoes. That was yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, these red shoes have been worn for centuries. Like, no man, that's what yeah, this yeah, he just wore his simple cross, and I no, I think that was really inspiring, as you said, because for me the reason. I hope my mom's not listening. I kind of like distanced myself from the church was because I just couldn't relate. I was like, um, there's nothing here for me. Like I just see the church as this like far away entity that guilts people for not being perfect humans. And then that kind of like made me like just not want to be part of the church anymore. But that when I think of Catholicism and I think of religion and faith, it's like I feel like he embodies a lot of what I wish the church was more of. And so I think that was a good aspect of the movie and portraying that but also not you know they don't like what's that called idolize him either do you think yeah. it's an inherently like latin american like characteristic because for example when mm. he's preaching to the people in the in the barrio and then he goes uh, like oh what's your name it's like lorenzo oh, it's just like my team sunrise and then people laugh <laughs> um it's, it's almost like this uh like fun uncle kind of mm. figure that well, he has you know i mean me personally i've because my family is so religious, we've had family friends that are priests. And uh, so in Colombia, I've gone to church where there's been very much like, you're going to hell if you do this type of masses. But then there's also a, a really good friend. I even call him a friend of mine. Um, he is a priest um, and he's from Colombia, but he became a priest here. And he embodies a lot of the characteristics that the Pope does. And like, if you just like, like he invites our family over to his cottage, we make food together, we joke, he drinks, like he's not that strict, paternal, you know, whatever, like he's the fun uncle, like he helped me write my LAS papers, like he knows all about these philosophies and theories and I think he really tries to embody them, so I, I don't think it's an inherent Latin American thing, I think it's up to each, you know, priest and how they want to like live their lives as priests. I don't know. I think it's also uh, because of um, well, he was he's a Jesuit, so mm-hmm. under like the Jesuit community, um, they have this thing that's called um, ante todo amar y servir, or más para servir mejor, and like this, mm-hmm. they have like this attitude of like service, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, his formation of like being part of like this Jesuit community actually influenced a lot of like his personality and yeah why he was so involved and why he's still so involved with the community mm-hmm. right i think his jesuit past definitely plays a huge role honestly we can do a whole episode of compañía de jesus because there's just yeah. so much to talk about <laughs> and about the jesuit company in latin america yeah um and i, I think i think so too like i think that the fact that he's a jesuit influenced him a lot in that sense in that mm-hmm. sense of being more humble in the sense of serving the community in different ways um uh, exactly as you said Anna, I, don't, I don't think a lot of priests uh, don't 
don't yeah, they don't no. con- they they don't connect with the people they're trying to they need to connect to right because mm-hmm. it is undeniable uh, at least I, I might be wrong but i think it's undeniable that the church is it, passing through a period of crisis oh 100 yeah 10, 20 years. and they know that like the church yeah. knows that they are going through these really hard crises i mean i don't know about you guys but in the past like three weeks i have been stopped by so many jesuits and like missionaries like trying to recruit to the church i and it's I don't know if like something's going on, but <laughs> like just walking here, I was stopped by these girls who were like, "Can you take my car?" And they were Jesuit missionaries, and mm, that's it's it's been a, I there's definitely a crisis, and mm-hmm. I think there's not a lot of youth left who are really, you know, practicing Catholics. So I think they are going through a little bit of a crisis. And and, and that's why, and I mean, I I like I like the, the current Pope, but I and I like him exactly because of this, and I think it's. A distinct kind of Latin American uh, approach that he has to this. Uh, we talk a lot about the Jesuits, of course, but his the 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 topics that he approaches, how he not not only talking about football because that's one of his passions, but mm-hmm. um, the way he approaches things for me feels like a Latin, specifically a Latin American uncle, someone who yeah. who's uh, it's not a fatherly figure, but also a figure that is quite caring and that will like um, talk. Will refer to you by your name and he'll you know these these kinds of small things that really add up it feels like a kind of like a a, in a, a marketing strategy in many ways it, and i don't know if it's if it's if the church is doing that on purpose but and and, 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 in, and in many ways it's reflected in many of the speeches that like uh, many of the uh, uh the conversations that they have and how um, benedict says these things he he He's like, oh yeah, the, the church needs this change, and it feels like it's 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 forced in many ways. And that the in in of course Benedict in this film he 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 embodies the conservatism in the church, and it's and it and, and I think that it's conveyed by the character. It's, it shows how it's giving in a little bit, oh. like oh let's give in to this man, um, and we can still do our things undercover, um, under this the the the, the bigger umbrella of his um, uh, charisma. No, I 100% agree. Like, I feel this movie is, like, a big ad campaign for the Catholic Church under the new Pope. I did get that. Like, even me, I was, like, after watching it, I was, like, ooh, maybe I should go back to church. Like, that is the feeling I got after it. Um, Maybe that's what they're trying to target. I'm not too sure. Um, And the fact that it's on Netflix. Like, that's a big deal for me. The fact that it came out on Netflix, not in theaters, like. Who are they targeting? What's the audience? Uh, I don't know. Actually, yeah. I found that pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Because people that were preparing like the movie, uh, the script and everything, they asked the church for their like I don't know if approval or like permission maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And they never uh, replied. <gasps> so oh. it, I don't think it's actually like the church trying to be like, hey, we need more people. Uh, let's. Uh, support this movie because like i don't think the church as of now i was checking and they haven't released i guess uh, i don't know like have they said anything about the movie no that's interesting Um, and i was uh, reading like uh, i'm listening to this comment of like this uh priest in spain and he was saying that he's kind of like against the movie oh uh there are some reasons the first one um he's saying that they are trying to portray this idea of the really bad and conservative uh, conservative pope against like this really good and new and progressive uh, Francis. 
another thing that he commented about was that uh, Netflix also released this movie of like the, the gay Jesus around the same time. Oh, I haven't time. seen it. Me neither. But oh, it's like, oh, people, no. people are, <laughs> it's, it's people are mad though. Yeah, people so, are really mad. Yeah. Yes, this, this was quite a controversy maybe two weeks ago now. Yes, that um, a many, many uh, extremely conservative, um, mainly evangelical groups in, in Brazil, they made a what is it? It's like kind of petition, uh, like a request, a formal yes, legal, yes. yeah, like a formal request. legal request to get it removed. No, no, wait, wait. So what? Just, just to clarify, what happened was, uh, an evang- evangelical group oh, came into a petition uh-huh. in Rio to, to a judge, a judge in Rio who's known for being very conservative, very friendly to the evangelicals, um, to to, as you said, mainly remove the movie from Netflix. Yeah, just yeah. And the judge allowed it and mm. said that Netflix had 48 hours to remove the movie oh, from the wow. platform. And Netflix went straight to the Supreme Court. And in the same day, a couple of like eight hours later, the Supreme Court said, no, this is censorship. It will not be removed. And um, they hold both like... Oh, my goodness. So overruled yeah. the lower tier judge. Um, and that is very controversial. We can talk about it. I can talk about that for hours. But like, <laughs> um, it's awful because it is censorship. Like it or not, it is censorship. Yeah. And the movie is... Obviously a satire. To what the is moment. it about? Is it just? It's the, I don't. I heard that it's mainly about like these gay Jesus and these like <laughs> tragic Mary. So like, I don't know what the actual point is about. But it's just like very very controversial that they release both movies around like the same well, time. Well, you know what? I so just... I don't actually think that the church, at least the Catholic Church, supported the uh, the two popes movie. Yeah. Uh, knowing that Netflix was going to release this other one. I just looked online and uh, I think in a couple of days, the old Pope, Benedict, is releasing a book about oh. his views and about his views on the church and everything. Mm-hmm. And apparently he is just gonna, you know, he's really he's bashing settling, you know, what's that called? Like really reaffirming his views on conservative Catholic values. Oof. So I find that this is, you know, and in a couple of days, Pope Francis has to vote on whether he's gonna lift celibacy. Mm-hmm. So priests, so I, the timing, I didn't know this was all come, happening at the same time. I'm wondering if that's yeah. coincidence or not because, well, now we're you know in the imaginary people are seeing Pope Francis as this progressive you know leader, and is he gonna vote for the celibacy or not? And then this new book that's gonna come out, apparently Benedict is saying no celibacy, you know it has to be enforced, blah blah blah. And that was a topic in the movie, remember? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's interesting because. Uh, it, I, I, at least it feels like in the movie they portray Benedict as, like I mean I guess it's just his his trajectory up to like two thousand and thirteen. That's mm-hmm. when he resigned. Two thousand twelve maybe. Um, and it feels like he's settled. He's like, okay, I am done. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I might be a conservative, or I might have a quite traditional views, but I'm gonna keep them to myself. Like at least that's the feeling that I got. Yeah. It's like the Pope going, okay, I don't agree with this. I've been, of course, there were all the yeah. this, the, the scandals with his uh, with his aid and with the the, the sexual mm-hmm. sexual harassment and all of those um, scandals that were putting adding up a lot of political pressure to him. But not, but it feels like he was like done with it, you know? Like, so okay, I'm gonna leave it to someone else's hands. Yeah, he didn't put up a fight. Yeah, he didn't put all. up a fight. Yeah, at all. But I'm wondering if that actually happened because um, at some point, the, the the confession they were kind of like mentioning something about. The scandal in, in Mexico uh, regarding the uh, Los Legendarios, the case or something like mm-hmm. that, with this uh, priest, 
called uh, Maciel. Maciel. Um, and they made it seem that uh, Ratzinger, uh, he didn't do anything about it. One, when he actually, he was, uh, like he started this investigation against him in like, I think 2006, I don't remember. But yeah, so I think it's, with this movie at least, I think it's a good opportunity to, I think it's a, a great starting point, but even if you're Catholic or not, I think that you need to uh, kind of like do your research in terms of kind of like trying to find other readings, reviews, uh, about the movie, about uh, these two popes, and I think that you can come out with your own, own opinion about the movie and the two popes. So I just, I just want to go back to the gay Jesus thing. Because <laughs> I, I did watch the movie, and it's from this um, this Brazilian um, like kind of uh, comedies comedies slash sketch group, and they have like uh, weekly videos on YouTube. It's called Porta dos Fundos. And it's like the gathering of maybe the most famous Brazi current Brazilian comedians. And, and the movie, it feels like it doesn't really have a plot. It's just, uh, it's Jesus' birthday, and they all gather together. But then it's it feels like it, it makes itself controversial. Because there are some scenes like... God forcing himself upon, um, what's her face? My, uh, Maria. Yeah, Mary. Oh, yeah. There's this part where Santa Maria. Yeah, where God wants to, like God appears and like he's in this uh, he has he has he's, he's in this kind of like ego struggle with uh with José. What's the name? With whoever was married. I'm, I'm not a Catholic. Whoever was married to Santa Maria. What's his name? Who? <laughs> José. Oh, Joseph. Mary Joseph. and Joseph. Joseph. I was like, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Joseph. So then, uh, then, I was like, okay. Santa Maria, who? <laughs> isn't, isn't, yeah. isn't she called Santa Maria? No, no, no she's not a therapist. She isn't. Uh, she's she's not the same. Even though there's wow. very little Santa Maria. <laughs> I'm shocked. Like Santa Maria Magdalena. Santa Maria Magdalena. Yeah, that one. Santa I mean, Maria there are, there's me. So like, but um, Mary Magdalene is different than yeah. the Virgin Mary. Oh, no, no. I'm talking just about Mary. <laughs> oh, okay. Virgin, Mary. <laughs> Virgin Mary is Jesus' mom. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Just to make sure. Yeah, Mary Magdalene is Virgin Mary. Can you tell? I'm not a guy. So, so then there's this there's this competition between and then God shows up embodied in a man um, between uh, him and, and Joseph and then there's just these really awkward scenes where like Joseph brings a flute and it's this really dumb flute and he gives it to Jesus and then and then God invokes a pe like a keyboard like an electric keyboard and he like plays the Beatles or something. Oh my gosh! And then there's this other scene where I don't know if it's Mary or is it someone it's like someone related to one of the the apostles. And she's a prostitute, and then God tries to have sex with her. Oh, it's this, it's 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 really forceful, and I. I yeah. can see why the Catholics are upset. Yeah, I no, but I, I disagree. You know why? It is. I think honestly, I think it's a, just a bad movie. I. It was. Is for, it funny? It was funny movie? for being ridiculous, but it, it actually no. it didn't have a plot. I thought it was. A, no. I genuinely thought it was a bad movie, but the, that's not the point. The There's point like of Shiva smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> the point is. The point is that this group releases a Christmas special every year, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Last year, there was, uh, it was very similar as a matter of fact, from last year's, but last year's, instead of Jesus being gay, he was this like macho guy who like <laughs> wanted to beat people up and Wasn't was an asshole. Was hangover? Wasn't it just yeah, a hangover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jesus was an asshole and nobody said anything, right? But now that he's representing a minority, everyone's freaking out. Yeah. So I don't think that's okay. I don't think that it's, I think it's a huge double standard by everyone that's like criticizing, like falling on top of this movie. 
Um, but I, I won't deny the movie is really bad. And I don't think it's particularly... Uh, yeah, it is controversial. But again, um, it's. I think that it was supposed to be a satire for the moment Brazil is living. A very conservative moment in the moment where everyone is, I guess... Um, everything is absurd. Everything is considered absurd. And I, I think it was... The message they're trying to get across is a good one, and an important one, just that I thought the movie was bad, and that the message got corrupted, and yeah. that everyone freaked out worldwide, when I asked <laughs> about it. But, I have a question for you guys. Do you think, I mean, at least among the youth, um, what's Catholicism's role now in Latin America? Because I know I was reading, um, like, a lot of people are, like, leaving the church in Latin America and the fastest growing religion is actually Islam. The oh. fastest growing population that's converting to Islam are Latin Americans. So what do you guys think? I mean, I feel that this is also a topic for another podcast, huge yeah. debate. Yeah. But specifically in Brazil, um, it's, I, I guess there's a movement a lot, not, it's, it's, it's within Christianity itself. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people going towards the neo neo Pentecostal mm-hmm. churches, evangelicals, is, or slash evangelicals, um, and I mean, it's evangelist slash feminism. So yeah, and, and there's like several reasons behind it, but um, that's something that I, I was actually talking to a friend about the 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 main one, which is called the Universal Universal Church of the Realm of God, the Reign of God. Also known as which I will refer to only as Yuj. Yeah, so it's 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 cultish and it's and it's spreading all around the, around the world now. It's in Africa. It's in North America. It's in Toronto. And yeah, and I think it's one of the names that we're probably gonna miss in like worldwide in maybe 20, 30 years. Um, and that's and, and I would say that this is probably the biggest force that's like counteracting so um, the Catholics. What's the difference between the two? I don't know. They blatantly lie. That's the difference. Oof. <laughs> I went to a mass. Wait, who this, lies? Who's lying? The the evangelical, the non-evangelicals. Yeah, specifically I went to, the universe. I went to a mass the other day. Yeah. The other day. For Yuj. I'm just just in December. In December, I did. I, okay. I did. Okay. Um, a friend asked me to go with him, and I did. And they claim, the the the, the I'm not gonna call him a priest. The man who was speaking in front of the of it was it was a really big church. It was like the, the preacher, the pastor. The pastor, yeah, in front of five hundred people, told wow. told us that the Vatican was building a new temple in the form of a serpent. What? Exactly, they were building a new temple in the Vatican in the form of a serpent. Yeah, it's 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 highly controversial. I don't know if in your countries these, these evangelicals are kind of expanding, they but are, in Brazil yeah. they are, and they're a major force behind Bolsonaro too. Um, and 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 there's, and there's uh and yeah there's it's it's a heated debate and it, at least in my opinion there's a extremely manichaeistic view where they are portrayed as highly conservative as uh, which which they are in in many ways they are but in many ways they aren't um, and like the universal church is, is certainly one that I I do think is quite cultish. I wouldn't. But I, what's the difference between Catholicism and is this a Christian church? No, 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 no. It's a Protestant church, right? Ah, so uh, okay. So, so it's more informal. It's mm-hmm. um, well, all the all the classic differences between Protestantism, um, Protestantism yeah. and, 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 Catholic, and Catholicism. Mm. I'm thinking about maybe not converting to other religion, but just like a spot, like what I, what if they are Atheists? 
Because, like, they're... Mm-hmm. They, they just stopped living in there. I feel like that's happening so, a lot as well. Yeah. I mean, I remember in high school, although most of my classmates were also raised uh, by a Catholic family, I think at the end, at least some of them, they didn't want to be associated with any religion. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also pretty interesting. And I think it could be like a topic of, of research at some point about the how, at least in, in the youth, how how many people are, uh, I don't know if we can say converting to Catholicism. Is that a thing? Or just, I, I yes. don't know. Like, yes. Yes. Maybe, yes. yeah, converting. Just, I just want like, to bring up to answer your question, Anna. You asked, what is the future of the church in Latin America? Just bring it back to the movie as well. In one of the last scenes, when he's he takes charge as the new pope, he gives that speech. I, I'm not a Catholic, as it became abundantly clear in this podcast. <laughs> Neither is my family. and I, But I did watch the, the movie with my family. And when, when Pope Francis took charge, I actually, it, I think it was such a powerful scene for me that I, I, I cried when he took charge. I admit it, I cried. Yeah. Because for me, it was such a powerful moment. It was... A man from coming from Latin America, now yeah. my continent, now holding the position of the most powerful and influential people person in, in an institution that influences hundreds of thousands, millions, millions of people, million people worldwide. And I think that's so powerful. And I think that with him, the church that has been in crisis because of Hatzinger and has been in crisis for even before him, has the chance to reestablish itself. I think it does. But again, I don't think it will unless it has a serious conversation with itself. And it can't be only the Pope doing this. Oh, of course not. It needs to come, come how we said in Portuguese, it needs to come from the flora. From, from the bottom up, yeah. Yes, it needs to come from, as we were talking about before, it needs to come from the priests that actually connect the people who, as you said, yeah. again, who watch football, who go to the, I don't know, who go and then cook yeah. with you and drink with you. It needs a revolution because... As Leo was saying, he is a Latin American Pope. He has a Latin American approach to things. And if the church is going to reestablish itself as a dominant force, or a force that influences hundreds of thousands in Latin America, it needs to reconnect with the people, which yeah. is something it's not doing right now. And as I opened the podcast by saying, El Pape Cuervo, so the, the Pope roots for San Lorenzo, yeah. one of the most popular clubs in Argentina. You don't need a life soccer. That's not my point. The point is that, again, once again, you need to reconnect with your regular Joe, let's put it. You need to reconnect with from, from Jose, from, from Fernando, from La Gente, but with the people I, in the streets. Can I complicate it? Do people want to connect with him, though? Because not everyone agrees with him, and there's still a lot of conservatism but in Latin I America. Think, I mean, there's this thing that someone told me, it's, um, we don't believe because of priests, mm-hmm. but we still believe. So yeah, even though they might not agree with Pope Francis and his approaches, I think they still value the church. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things you were saying about like connection and uh, this uh, kind of like change that the church needs in order to um, keep having their position, uh, the position that they have right now. Um, I was thinking about, yeah, um, I don't know if this happened or like if you were in your country when this happened, but at least I think Pope Francis went to Ecuador, uh, I think in 2014. And around that time, I remember that in mass and even like outside mass, a lot of priests and a lot of people involved with the church, they tried to be, um, or like they showed this attitude of, of service, of connection with the people. And that was, that was a 
least at the time, it really amazed me because um, they kind of like tried to follow or like tried to do what Pope Francis was doing. So that was very, very important. Um, a lot of the priests, they, they usually um, talk about Pope Francis and his approaches to uh, different is issues. So I think that even if you're Catholic or not, when, when Pope Francis of Assisi gave Eclair, a lot of people felt connected with, with him. Mm -hmm. And I think that was, uh, and still is pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, in the, at the end of the movie, they are showing these um, like videos wherein he went to different parts of the world and like you can see tons of people, people crying, people smiling, people wanting to touch the Pope. And that's very... Can I add to that? Yeah. Have you seen Have you the video? People want to... So there's this... this, this he's, uh, he's in Rome. He's definitely in Rome. Yeah. And he's passing by the people. You know how the Pope passes by the people and he's yeah. like, touching yeah. him and there's gift to the child and he kisses the child. <laughs> and, then, and then he starts to kind of go in, the, on a ch in a tangent and leave the people. Yeah. And then this like this Asian woman grabs his hand and, yeah. and then and pulls and him. Like, but hard. It's like really very hard. hard. It's not really like a, she like grabs his arm and like yanks him yeah. forward. His oh. whole body goes forward. And then he... It kills me every time I see the video. He like slaps her hand away, like, and it's just so funny yeah. the way he does it. He's like, and you can see his, you see his face. He goes like, he completely closes his face. He goes like, mm, and he says something like, no, you are. And then he's yeah. like, wow, okay, the <laughs> humble pope. And then, no, I mean, no, you, you can't be like, no, it's become a meme. It's like, yeah. it's like me like pulling away from negativity in 2020, <laughs> like the pope. Like it's it's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. But also, why do people, like, that's another thing. Some people are so fanatic. Mm. Like, oh, like, Jesus to God, like, Jesus. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, well, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, but I just think some people, like. It's like, why would people would like to touch, I don't know, like, oh. Beyonce? Yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah. same I thing, mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. But. And it's an, also an interesting scene when, when they're in the, what's the, the, the famous. The little Pope mobile? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> the, system uh, the system chapel, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're like in that, that small room, and then yeah. the tourists oh, yeah. come in, and then he goes, I was like, wow, people are going to freak out. Do you think that actually happened? Did I he actually so. walk through the tourists? He, he I'm real. <laughs> no, yeah. but did he walk through the group oh, of tourists for real? Because that's, yeah. I was shocked. I was like, wow. Yeah. That was very powerful, though. Yeah, the thing he said, powerful. I think Can you he imagine said, being there and just seeing the pop Pope walk through you, I'd be like, oh my god. It was yeah. nice to see also the, the pictures. It was just people taking these awful pictures yeah, of the yeah. Pope. Like, <laughs> and, but the, the thing he says right before he goes in the middle of the tourist is very powerful, I think. It was something along the lines of Bergoglio said, oh, do you want me to call security? And he, yeah. said, he said, I think it was, don't call security. I've had security all my life. I want to be with my people. And I think yeah. that was extremely, extremely powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And also, the soundtrack to that moment was very good, by the way. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I mean, I, I get it. Like, my mom, she she went with my dad for their anniversary to the Vatican City. Mm. Um, they're just Catholics, they are. <laughs> and my mom described cry. She described it, oh my God, you listen to her and it's like she thought the Holy Spirit came down and blessed her herself. <laughs> she <laughs> described it as this moment where, like, when he comes out and, like, waves to the crowd that, like, it's like there's just peace is everywhere yeah. and harmony and, like, this cohesion. And she felt, you know, she started crying because of this overwhelming overwhelming yeah. feeling and I feel like if a if a pope can just like just by existing and being in front of someone convey that to like the thousands of people that are there like that's very powerful yeah like the part when like they were announcing that he, he was pope mm -hmm. and then he appears and then he said something that oh the Catholic goes to the end of the world to like find me or something yeah. like that 
like that part and then you're really just like smiling to the people because at least for me it's very uh, i don't know it's i, I get like goosebumps yeah because like and even like when i saw him in, in quito i was you saw him yeah it, it was i mean even though we had to wait like a long time it was very worth it and it's just the idea of when he came out and he he was saying stuff with that at the end pray for me and mm-hmm, I will yeah. pray for you and that's something that it's one of the things that I remind the most about Hito is that he asked people to pray for him as well because of like this role that he has uh, and the responsibility he has and the idea that of knowing that he's also praying for all of us it's uh, a bit very very happy and um, just knowing that he's also thinking about us and thinking about the people and even though he cannot connect with us as um, much like when he as when he was like right now and all that he's still like by praying he's still connecting with the people so do you follow him on twitter uh, he has a twitter account I don't, twitter ha- I don't have account. twitter he tweets he tweets let's go see what he tweeted today he tweets every day how much did yeah. netflix get with the just seemingly f- inappropriate Fanta ad, mm. where like the Pope <laughs> yes. drinks Fanta more yeah. than one. Okay, so his uh his most recent tweet is Jesus looks at the paralytical and focuses on what is essential. Your sins are forgiven. Physical health is a gift that we must preserve, but the Lord teaches us that we must also preserve the health of the heart and spiritual health. And then he tweet he hashtags <laughs> homily Santa Marta. So yeah, he tweets every single day. It's a prayer. It's a it's a lesson, you know. Oh oh, maybe this one this one's a little spicy. Jesus had authority because there was consistency in what he taught and what he did in how he lived. Authority is seen in this consistency and witness. That's wow. a subtweet right there. If I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I feel like did other I don't know if other popes tweeted. Like I feel like that's no. very uh, significant, right? Yeah. Every single day he. Little message. And another thing that I would like to just say as well, many people will know he's like the first Latin American Pope. Mm-hmm. And for us, I think that's something that we should be really, really proud about. Because yeah. he's the only Pope outside of um, like in, Europe, in right? History. In history. Yeah. It's been so it's, um, I mean, the church has like many, many years of existence. And exactly. being this is the first time that he, like, we have like a Latin American Pope. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. So overall, something that I, I thought would be more explored and more politically used by him. I feel he doesn't use that as much, you know? Like, he he doesn't portray himself as the Latin American Pope, like, the media did. Um, but he still he still considers himself, like, like he's still a global Pope, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I, I think is, I think is the, the good way. I think it's a good way that he did yeah. it. It's not just, like, because centering it around the fact that he's Latin American. Maybe he, I, I remember from his speeches, like, this Ecuador, he, he kind of, like, tried to relate to, like, Ecuadorians by him saying that, oh, yeah, like, we, they're continuing hope and all that. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's, like, when he, I don't know, goes to South America, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm also amazed at how many languages this man has. Right? Oh, but wait. Beguerado. Uh, actually, he speaks, like, three languages, I think. Or, like, and understands, like, reading, like, reads, like, two other but oh. actually, Benedict, he speaks fully, like, and understands completely, uh, like, six languages. And that was, a, do you not remember yeah. in, um, 
in the beginning of the film plus two others sorry. the very conservative like cardinals and benedict they were only speaking latin right mm-hmm. and that was a big difference because the cardinal he's didn't really like use Latin that formally between the other popes. Like he was just speaking his language or yeah. uh, English and or Italian. Yeah, Italian. So it's just also amazing takes how he uses Latin to like convey the things that are like bad to yeah. people <laughs> to him. Oh yeah, that's so funny. Like, I would I would use that a lot. <laughs> no, that was good. Um, oh, and just to, just to add, you were talking about oh, he doesn't use this Latin American folk as like a like a, a mask, let's say. Yeah. Um, and that's why, coming back to the whole thing I said in the beginning about Argentina, how Argentinians are a bit hesitant, some, not all of course, some Argentinians are hesitant about him. I think there's some resentment there, because mm-hmm. he went to Brazil, I didn't know that that's how he went to Brazil. Yeah. So I'm guessing he probably went to Colombia, maybe. Yeah, he did. Um, Bolivia. Right, he never made a visit to Argentina. He hasn't. He has not. <gasps> Seriously? He has never went to Argentina in the capacity of like, but the Holy See. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so... I think there's a bit of resentment there because of that as well. And I, I, that's why I think the people who say that he has, he's an omnipotent person who's been moving Argentine politics, I, I don't believe that because I think he's trying his best actually yeah. to not get involved with Argentina, to not say, uh, not give special treatment to Argentina. Mm. And yeah, just saying a bit more about the fact that he's the Latin American Pope, right? I think that even his name is a bit Francisco, right? Yeah. yeah. So Francisco, I think you said as well, he's the he's the guardian of the poor. Oh, yeah. 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 Honest, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Even as who said that? I think it was when he selected Pope. Uh, the Brazilian, remember that scene? The Brazilian cardinal goes up to him as soon as he wins yeah. the the thing. He says, "Jorge, no olvidate los pobres," and then he chooses an English yeah. prince. Yeah. Of yeah. course, it wasn't like that, but I thought it was a nice touch yeah. as well. Yeah. Another yeah. thing um, at the end of the movie, and I was very surprised that they kind of like showed the call not the call but some parts of the match between um germany and argentina <laughs> yeah but and then there's this part where like i think um benedict sees like this like figure of begogio's face mm-hmm. that some i, I don't know argentinian fan had mm-hmm. and he was saying something like oh yeah you're famous and all that and i remember from like the the world cup there was like these um they were in, in brazil these uh, Argentinian fans singing this song in like a mall or something like that, saying something like, um, at least we have the Pope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that, as you said, there's uh, a lot of um, people, I mean, there are a lot of people that support Pope Francis and some others that don't, but mm-hmm. he's still, I think, they believe in him yeah. and the church. And honestly, that was my that was my favorite scene in the movie, and that's that was movie that's the scene that almost made me cry. The, the, them watching football, that yeah. and, and that's that part was he goes like, oh, it's you, yeah, <laughs> and it's like, yo, of course it's you. I really found that like, su- like like sympathetic. I don't know that doesn't translate to English, but like nice that you know like they were they oppose they don't think the same way at all, but like Bergoglio still makes an effort to like be there for him because the Pope he was lonely, Benedict and. And Francisco, he just like yeah, like makes that effort to understand him and you know be that guy there for him. And I think it speaks a lot to the effort that he, he is. Yeah, I wonder if they still have. Um, I don't know if they still communicate with each other. But did that ever happen? Were they actually friends no. in real life? No, is what I'm wondering. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was um, just reading some news about what he said about the yeah. book, and I don't know if they're actually like. Buddies or friends at all, like but like, <laughs> uh, my yeah. imagination is so nice. 
Also, another another scene that it's like you can see that the the Pope is coming. It's when he has this pacemaker that goes like keep walking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And yeah. then you're like, oh, the Pope is in the scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, I was just going to ask. Overall, would you recommend to a Catholic or like non-Catholic person to watch the movie? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yes. Like beautiful movie. The way that they construct their characters is amazing. Oh, yeah. A lot of complexity there, mm-hmm. and I and I I think that the Anthony Hopkins character, Benedict Sixteenth, is yeah. even more complex than I think that his portrayal is even more complex than um, Bergoglio. Okay. For the reasons that we talked about, and then yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think I would one hundred percent recommend it. And what you're saying, like, the characters, like at first you're rooting for one, and then you're you really get to understand like the minds i don't know it was just it's great even if you're not religious even if you're not watching it for like a catholic purpose i think it's a great movie yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely recommended um it will be i don't say i want to i don't want to say a shock but it, it it can be a bit controversial to some people especially more conservative catholics but again if there are any conservative catholics listening to this don't take the movie seriously take it as entertainment uh, most of it is not true you may or may not like the Pope, but it is a wonderful movie. Yeah, and the other thing that I wanted to add is that, as you said, it's a face or kind of like real life, but it also has a lot of fiction. So even if you watch the movie or not, I think it's important to read about the movie, um, read about the reviews from like both sides, people that support and people that don't support the movie. And yeah, it was. I, I really like this podcast of this. We had a good conversation about the movie Catholicism in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, <laughs> 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 so have a play. Just quick reminder as always, you can the, the podcast is available on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify. And we'll see um, everyone next week. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 Yo tengo papa y yo tengo Messi. Ha <laughs> <laughs>